Now, if you caught last week's episode, then you heard a really strong argument for making video a part of your strategy. And, you know, you got the same kind of argument if you are reading the state of business podcasting reports. Video is becoming more and more important as part of a comprehensive podcasting strategy. Today, we are talking to someone who is assuming that you've got video as part of your plans and that you're interested in taking advantage of some of the key blueprint elements that you can get when using video. We're talking thought leadership, we're talking audience building, we're talking relationship building, and we are talking about content and the traffic that can come from it. Atiba D'Souza and his team have been working in search and SEO since search and SEO became a thing really back in the 90s. They've been learning and developing and working in this industry taking that knowledge and applying it to different kinds of content. And he's joining me today to talk about the different ways that podcasters can use video and the different things that they should be keeping in mind when they are creating video for distribution across the different channels. It's a great episode. Uh, I'm so excited about you know deep data-based, evidence-based technology we're going to be getting into. It's all happening today on the Business Podcast Blueprint Show. Thank you so much for joining me. Megan, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Perfect. So uh, one of the things that we are always thinking about as podcasters, as content creators of all different kinds is SEO. Uh, really big, huge topic. Uh, lots of different opinions on it. Lots of different ways to go mm. about it. And I know you have some unique experience in it. Uh, I would love for you to share a little bit about uh, kind of how you got into it, when you got into it, uh, and then uh, parlay elegantly into what you're doing with it now. Absolutely. Um, again, thank you for being here. And, and everybody who's watching, you know, thank you all for being here, too, and, and listening to us. And, and we really appreciate that. Uh, so my history in this industry actually started in 1996. Um, <laughs> me and two friends sat in my mother's basement in 1996, and we started a computer consulting firm. And one of the first things we did, for many reasons, was we wrote a search engine. Now, we didn't call it a search engine because we didn't know that term didn't even really exist. <laughs> I didn't need to believe that, right? Um, but we wrote this tool that searched the internet because we were looking for information that we wanted to store and, and that type of thing. Um, and that started us in search, it started me in search way back then in 1996. Now, I'm proud to say, take the sarcasm, that... <laughs> We made a whopping $2,500 off of that search engine. Take that, Google. <laughs> well, hey, at least you stayed not evil. Yes, well, true. <laughs> um, and, and so we, we did that. And then by 2000, was doing consulting for the government and building search systems for the government. Um, so we built systems for the Army, DOD, uh, EPA, DLA, you name the three letters. I've probably built a search <laughs> system for them in my career at this point um, and did that for, for a few years in the early 2000s. And then by 2005, I was sick of the government. Mm -hmm. Go figure. <laughs> I've heard it can happen. Yes, it can happen. Um, left the government and came back private sector. And when I came back to the private sector, what I found was Google was a thing. And not only was Google a thing, but they were having a major problem, which was they had a lot of trashy content on page one from most of the searches that existed. And there were business owners who wanted to rank on page one, but they couldn't figure out how. Well, being an old school geek who wrote search engines, kind of looked at the problem and said, well, the problem's pretty simple to answer, actually. Mm -hmm. Right? And created a spec at that time of how to help people rank 
their content on the top of, of, of search using that old famous term that everybody hates, creating valuable content. Yes. By that, I mean content that actually helps the reader, content that actually answers real questions. Okay. Uh, so did that through 2019. By 2019, I was tired and ready to quit. And I actually said in December 2019, I think I'm done. Then 2020 hit and we all know what happened. Most of my clients went away. Most of my writers went away. And I said, well, maybe this is fine. I am done. <laughs> and I was like, hey, maybe it's time for something new. And just in that time, I happened because I read a lot. Um, I was reading Sean Connell's book on YouTube. Okay. Um, and just what he had done on YouTube and stuff. And, and in reading his book, I heard, because I listened, I don't, I was listening, not reading actually. But I heard him say and explain a subset of the spec that we were using to rank content on page one of Google was what he was using to create content on YouTube. And I said, huh. And old juices started to, to, to <laughs> do their thing again. I love it. And that's why it's important to be consuming content in your industry, because you never know what's going to make those connections exactly. happen and, and bring the ideas together. Exactly. Um, and so then I took the, the team and we went into the lab for just over a year and a half, mm -hmm. okay, of looking at video and figuring out how to, to take a YouTube video, video and rank it on page one of Google. Um, is that possible? How, you know, what are the specs and everything? And that's what we figured out is how to create video and get it to rank on page one of Google for, so your ideal customer can find it. I love that. And I love the the emphasis on kind of the research and the data uh, that goes into this. And, you know, you're, you're, you know, 18 months of development on an idea before bringing it live. Just oof, absolutely love that, that dedication to the numbers. No, ab absolutely. You know, because for us, it's important to, to make sure that what we're bringing to market actually works. <laughs> right. It isn't just something that we tried once and, oh, it worked once. Oh, let's go do it. No, it actually does work. We continue to test <laughs> and iterate through that. Right. Um, and the magical because, word repeatable. Yes. Because the, the thing that we always want to do, Megan, and, and our goal here, and for you who are listening, and I hope this is your goal here too, when you're creating your podcast, and as we talk about turning those podcasts and the video aspect of those podcasts, I hope that your goal here is to help your business shorten your sales cycle. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of what we do. We help you shorten your sales cycle. And I don't know about you, Sales cycles can be long in business-to-business transactions. Yeah. No, I find that's um, uh, of kind of people listening, one of the, the, the kind of the, the business podcast blueprints, to, to repeat the name of the show, uh, uh, reducing the sales cycle is a really important factor in thought leadership style podcasts yeah. uh, and sometimes in audience engagement style podcasts. Yeah. Because what you really want to be doing is making it as easy as possible to, for people to make that buying decision. That's something... It's one of the fastest paths to ROI for a podcast. Yeah. I find other than like just the new humans that you get to meet over the course of podcasting, uh, yeah. that sales cycle shortening one, it's, you know, you don't think podcast, ooh, shorter sales cycle, but it really does happen and it really yeah. does have that impact. It's very cool. It absolutely does. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, it does because podcasts, video, and as they work together as well, it helps people connect with who you really are. Mm-hmm and understand why they should trust you because everybody has to go through no like and trust before they work with you. And if you ever lose a sale, it's because somewhere you failed 
in building either know, like, or trust with them. Every sale that you've lost, it's because you failed in that process. The beauty of podcasting, the beauty of video is it completely revolutionizes your ability to connect with someone and take them through that process of getting to know you, learning to like you, and then more importantly, get into that place where they trust you. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to get into that a little bit more in kind of the specific ways audio to an extent and to a greater extent video can do that. But I'd love to talk a little bit more first about the the kind of Google environment. Because uh, Google, of course, is still like the big beast in search. It's what we're using. And you know, back when you were getting started in Google, ads were so much of a thing as they are now. How do you find the kind of organic kind of business created content is able to stack up against all of the paid content out there? Because, you know, now you go to Google and you look and it's there's going to be a lot more ads than there were even two, five years ago. Uh, so what's, what are you seeing kind of in that realm uh, and how is video helping people stand out from that paid placement? Now, so, so let's talk a little bit about how videos show up in search and why video showing up in search is so important, right? So yes, we all know that Google cares about ads because that's how they make their money. Mm -hmm. However, the thing that Google has really started to realize and hone in on and put emphasis on is that people want to consume video before they consume written content, okay? And so one of the things that very quietly happened in 2021 was Google started to reclassify a big chunk of its database to be video-first content, okay? In other words, what they're saying is, for these terms, we want to show a video first, but here's the deal. They went and did over 50% of their database and said video first for these, but they only had relevant videos for less than 10% of the database. And so there was a big gap, a massive gap. And that's why I'm on the video bandwagon and telling everybody, because please understand in your industry right now, with your podcast, you can fill the void that Google created for itself. It wants video. And what it's going to do with your video, if it loves your video, is it's going to place it at the top of search. And when you do that search, videos stand out and people want to click on it. People want to well, click on it. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to absorb that rather staggering statistic of there being that big of a gap in what, you know, Google is looking for in the content because... You know, we're, it is becoming more and more clear that podcasts are trending more towards video. We see that in the State of Business podcasting report every year. Uh, you know, podcasts are on video. But I know I've felt it personally, and I know we've got clients who feel, other podcasts feel, it's like, oh, God, don't make me do video. Please, anything but video. <laughs> um, so you're making a compelling case for it. So let's say right now we've got a listener who is just like, I'm already recording the audio. It's taking me all this time every week. You're telling me now I have to also do the video and then get that edited. What, what's kind of, let's let's make the case a little bit stronger for, so for why we'd be capturing that video. Let me, let, me make, let me make the case really plain, okay? Yeah. We had a friend of, uh, of mine, a client of ours, uh, Russell, um, and Russell is in Australia. He's a physiotherapy practice, has a phys physiotherapy practice in Australia. Russell had been trying for years to rank for certain keywords on his website, okay? Russell also had been creating video for years in a podcast sort of form, 
Okay. The videos weren't doing very well. And he thought he was wasting his time. We had a conversation about it and we took some of his videos that he'd already created. Right. In other words, you already created the podcast. Right. We took some of the videos that he's already created. And it was a matter of fact, it was 10 videos. And we splintered those 10 videos into 48 smaller chunks or shorts, as they're called. So videos less than one minute. Okay. Right. Those original 10 videos that Russell had, had 332 combined views in 10 videos. The 48 that we splintered generated over 2,500 views. Okay. Okay. Then his original videos got 25% more views. And you say, okay, that all sounds great. But here's the, the fun part. Those 48 videos then ranked for over 100 keywords on page one of Google. All right. Okay. So... Let me just separate this. So when we're talking about videos, so like we're, we're, you know, recording this on video right now. We've got kind of two heads side by side and people are watching this in the future. This is a video season of, of the podcast. Is this the type of video that you're talking about? Or are you talking about something that is more kind of custom created uh, maybe for a specific word? Sort of where where is that decision happening in the process? Are you taking a yeah. podcast episode and turning it or how, how is that working? Yeah, that's great. Podcast episodes are great. Um we would we just did some work for another company, Happy Family, um, last week, as a matter of fact. And two weeks ago, we met them and they said, you know, we have these uh, podcast episodes that we do and we don't really think they could turn into anything. And we took one of their videos and we chopped it up for them and, and, and splintered it. And they were blown away at how awesome they are. Podcast episodes are fantastic for this. Why? Because in a podcast episode, ultimately what's happening you are answering questions, mm -hmm. okay? Questions are being answered. Those questions are what Google is looking for because people go to Google to do what? Ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so if people are going to Google to ask questions and then you take your podcast video and splinter it into the answers to questions, Google's going to rank those answers. Okay, so it looks like then uh, one of the the kind of strategic decisions that we we need to be making as we're going into this is who is answering those questions in the videos? Is it the guest that you're interviewing? If you're talking to a guest, is it you as the host, the company representative? Um, is, is there one or the other that you consider better or more effective, um, like kind of highlighting the guest to rank for those answers or to try and kind of keep that uh, expertise in-house? What goes into that decision for you? That's a really great question, and it depends. Of course, of course, it depends. I'd love to hear your, your ex expound, please. <laughs> Here's how it depends. So we're talking about ranking on, on Google, right? Mm -hmm. When we're talking about ranking on Google, you want it to be the content that, that you've created, whether it's partnership with you and the guest or if it's just you. Heck, it could be just the guest. But if mm -hmm. the viewer is coming to your channel, so you get credit. Okay? You get credit for the fact that you know the experts. So it can be either if you're trying to rank on Google. Right. Very often we'll even do um, snippets that have you ads asking the question and then the guests answering so they so people can clearly see, yeah, experts here. Right. Okay. Or you with an insight that leads to a follow up with the by the guest. So that's great for ranking on Google. Now, the other side of this that people often miss 
is when we start to splinter the videos and you shine a spotlight on the guest. Number one, they came on your show because they wanted a spotlight sh shined, Sean, something like that. <laughs> one of those. I think both are technically them. allowable. <laughs> I think so, right? But they wanted a spotlight on them. And you did that. And they're grateful for that. And the podcast went out. Let me tell you what happened. And I'm, I'm, I'm just going to use us as a case study. Yeah. Okay. We interview a ton of people. You've been on my show. You'll get to experience this too. Six months and look from forward now, to it. <laughs> six months from now, I'm going to publish you on my social channels. A snippet of you. Invariably, when that happens, we get people who call us and say, hey, glad you published that. Hey, I had a question for you. And we generate business. Again, shortening the sales cycle. Right. And so it depends. It depends. And what it depends on is where the content's going to end up and who the what the goal of it is. If you're putting it out on social, I know it feels like you put it on a, out on social to attract your ideal customer, but it actually isn't. If you're putting it out on social, you're putting it out on social to highlight the guest and build relationship with the guest. If you're putting it out so that it can rank on on page one of Google, then in that case. It could be both of you. See, I love that because now we're talking about getting almost all of the blueprints involved in this strategically. So you've got the the thought leadership angle where you're shortening the sales cycle, where you're building that no like and trust factor in the branding. You've got the relationship building factor where you're shining the spotlight on the guest and making them look fabulous, treating them as the expert in your space. You've got the content where you're actually getting those rankings, that additional traffic. Uh, yeah. And then you've got uh, the the audience engagement uh, where you are generating this conversation. So very, very, very cool stuff. Yes. Um, and that's why you have to get the video, okay? So uh, and, and that's, and it all comes to thank you. Good, good call back there. Yes, we do have to be doing this on video, everybody. <laughs> okay, that's why. You just heard it. You just mm -hmm. heard it. That's why. Yeah, I think we've noticed that with, uh, we've been doing, you know, audiograms for a long time. I think almost, almost since we've started, um, uh, producing podcasts for people and what i have noticed is the audiograms function when it's just the uh you know a piece of art with the animated wave sign maybe a caption that does a lot more on relationship building than it does on uh traffic or brand building Absolutely. uh you know an audiogram makes the guest feel fantastic but it's not super engaging when it gets out there into the world yes um so i want to talk a little bit more about format because you touched on this really briefly that you're kind of turning the videos into the shorts yes. um and i think that's you know specifically youtube terminology for a youtube short yeah. Um, uh, now, what's the reason for that kind of particular mechanism within the, the Google YouTube environment? few reasons. So number one, um, I want to be very clear. We help rank your long form and your short form on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's not agnostic to only one. Both of them can rank. Okay. So that's number one. Number two, every social platform has a purpose. And once you understand the purpose and you start to feed the platform content that helps it achieve its purpose, the platform rewards you with viewers and followers and exposure. Okay. That's a, at the high level. Let's come down a little bit and, uh, and to the next level and realize that. So here's their overarching purpose. Now, Every platform will release new products or new services or new ways to use their platform. 
When they do that, it's because they believe that this new way will help them achieve their purpose. Mm -hmm. So when a platform releases something new, adopt it. Adopt it. Because they believe it's their future. And they're going to reward the people who are trying to help them achieve their purpose. Shorts are YouTube's, well, second newest thing. Um, it's no longer their newest thing, but it's their second newest thing. And it's still really, really big for them. But what's the newer thing? Community. I've just started watching shorts recently, so I'm, I'm probably late to the game. <laughs> yeah, so um, YouTube's newest thing is community. Um, and oh, nobody yeah. even, even knows or understands community really well yet. Um, and it, it's, I know this is a bit on the side, but community is really interesting because YouTube's been video forever. And yeah. the one thing that YouTube doesn't want you to do in community is put video. So it's tech, it's imagery. It's like, is this YouTube still? Yeah, it is. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder if they're reacting to, you know, the, how angry everyone is at Facebook and Twitter at the moment. So number one, community has been around longer than, than Facebook and Twitter um, and their issues and, mm -hmm. and the things that are going on there. Uh, community has been around for a while. They released it to creators uh, mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, and, and you had to have a channel of a certain size. And it was about creating a platform where a creator on YouTube can bring people together in a group and it be paid. And so the okay. creator could make money, right? And creating new content that was only for their community. Um, then late last year, they said, screw it. We're opening it up to everybody. Everybody now has access to it. Okay. Okay. And it's no longer about just being paid. Well, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. This is a completely off topic, and I'm just very curious in your expert opinion. Do you think YouTube is going to introduce any kind of RSS functionality? Because I feel like half of the podcasters I know are kind of waiting for it and waiting to jump into YouTube because of it. And the other are just like, why would they? It's, it's you know, the video platform, not the podcast platform. What's, what's your take? So it's a really good question. And they do have through FeedBurner. So FeedBurner, so here's what's funny. I started using FeedBurner like back in 2004, right? Back when it was on its own. Then Google bought FeedBurner and they've owned it for probably the last 15 years or so. It's been a long time since they've owned FeedBurner. You can, and, I, and I'm telling you this because I do it. Um, I actually have, or used to have, because I don't publish it anymore, um, a newsletter that went out every time I published a new video. Mm -hmm. And it was all RSS run. And so feed burners inside of the, the, the Google sphere mm -hmm. and you can connect feed burner to your YouTube channel and produce the RSS feed. Oh, interesting. I was thinking more on the YouTube pulling it in. Um, oh, pulling in. Be, yeah. Pulling in oh, via RSS no. rather than sending out via RSS. No, I can't see it. You can't see it. Why, why do you think they're not going to do it? There are tons of reasons why. Mm -hmm. Um, there are tons of reasons why. And number one is going to be a quality of content issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, in order to, to, to really have quality content on, on YouTube. And so this still comes back to video. Okay. Mm -hmm. So y'all pay attention to this because this helps you understand SEO and, and ranking, not just in YouTube, but also on Google, right? You've got to master a few things. 
um, some of the things that you have to master are number one, the, the title. Okay. I can do that through an RSS feed. Um, the next thing that you need to master is the description. Okay. I can do that through an RSS feed. Um, and so you're saying, okay, team, I'm, I'm with you so far. We, we could do this through RSS. Here's the big one. Here's the big one. The transcript. Okay. In order for this to work, YouTube would have to allow you to build a transcript into your RSS feed and buy a link and then it's going to have to go out and pull in your transcript for you. So they could do the, the captioning? Yes. Okay. That, that, may, that would probably be a real technological and also bandwidth challenge. So it's not a technological challenge as much as it is a do we want to, because there's inherent risk behind that mm -hmm. for them. Because now they're opening themselves up to all the servers in the world to who can upload data because it says, you just send me a link and I got to go and, and the resources behind scanning all those files, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I say that. And, and I say that that's how I see it right now. Now I'm going to turn this way and <laughs> I should have another Superman hat here to change. You should, you should change like hats when you're talking about the different yeah. sides. That'd be fun. Yeah. I usually have multiple hats on my desk and I don't right now. <laughs> Otherwise I would. But on the flip side, so now let's, let's get into the conspiracy theory for a moment. Okay. Since we're here, let's just go ahead. Since and we're here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's have some conspiracy theory. Uh, so this conspiracy theory that... Um, Apple is taking all of the audiobooks that it's recorded over the years uh, with different authors and feeding them into a large language model to build an AI tool. Mm -hmm. Okay. That being said, one, does Google need it? I don't know that they do. Mm -hmm. Two, that would be a really easy way to get a ton of data for a language model mm -hmm. really, really fast. Right? That's true. Um, yeah. And so from that perspective, from the, the conspiracy theory perspective, then yeah, I could see them doing it. Interesting food for that. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for indulging me on that, that yeah, tech tangent. That was really interesting. Yeah. Well, <laughs> have some fun with that. <laughs> oh, I will. Uh, this is my favorite part of podcasting is that you get this kind of open season to pick the brain of absolute experts in their field. Yeah, what a yeah, treat. Absolutely. But uh, well, let's swing around back to video because I'm sure by now, uh, and this has kind of been a, almost a red thread through this podcast season, is that, hey, yes, video is where a lot of the new action is and where we should be paying more attention. Um, and I would like to maybe think about the people who, who are on board with that. Uh, and there's, you know, typical repurposing strategy. So what, you know, someone that has their podcast episode, maybe it's even on video. Um, kind of how would you say, like, what's a typical strategy and where does it, you know, either get things right and where is it falling short? What should people be doing instead? Yeah. So first off, I hate the word repurposing. Um, <laughs> and honestly, I don't have a problem with the word itself, but it's, it's being mutilated in, in, in society, um, into something that's really, really bad. And what I mean by that is what most of us do with a, with a piece of content is we take it and we say, all right, well, I want to go repurpose this piece of content. And we use an AI tool um, or we hire a company that just uses an AI tool um, or we just listen to it and we just say, okay, we're just going to chop here and here and here and here and here. And all right, now we got it and we go. Right. Mm -hmm. And my inherent problem with that is 
it does not consider your audience well enough. And we had this major conversation earlier about understanding where's your content going to end up and what's the goal and who's the audience. Is your goal to get that content to rank on page one of Google? Is your, your goal to highlight and spotlight the guest and put it on social, right? Well, guess what? Those are two completely different, in our term is splintering strategies, mm -hmm. okay, uh, in terms of what it is you're trying to do. And so that's where, where repurposing gets it right is in the concept of we need to take this content and reuse this content. Where it gets it wrong is that it doesn't take into account the audience, okay? It actually takes into account the creator and the mm -hmm. creator saying, I think that is cool. And guess what? Nobody actually cares what you think. <laughs> I hate to break it to you. And I got to break it to myself sometimes because oh, there's, we all do. Listen, there are a ton of times when I create a video and I'm like, man, that was some good stuff and nobody watches it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. And then I create another video and I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty meh content and it blows up. And it's, it, it, again, it's about the audience. It's what they want. It's mm -hmm. what they want. Repurposing focuses on what you want. Splintering the way we do it and the way we look at it takes into account what the audience wants and creates content based on that. I love that. And I'm so happy to, to hear you say it. Uh, I, I'm so validating. I think one of the first blog posts I ever wrote for our company was about uh, how repurposing as a word is used wrong. You can either repurpose and take format and recreate it for a new platform and new purpose or reuse it and just take it and place it in another yeah like so like i'm just so nice to be on the same page about that yeah. uh and everyone listening please you know if you're going to repurpose do so very mindfully and with the intent and audience and end in mind yeah. uh, now you mentioned splintering a couple of times um i happen to know you have a brand new shiny service specifically for people who are podcasting uh, i'd love you to share a little bit about your business what you're doing and how people can connect with you Absolutely. Well, again, thank you all for, for listening. Megan, thank you for having me. Oh. All right. Um, and if you're still here with us, you rock. 10 points. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I'm going to give you 20 points and a gold thumb. <laughs> right. Um, but we do have, have a service specifically for podcasters because it is time for you to splinter your content. Take those videos that you're already recording. And if you're not recording, Turn the camera on. Start recording. Okay. <laughs> and make them work for you. As we've already talked, whether it is that they need to, you're, you're trying to rank on Google with your content or you're trying to get more mileage with your guest. But here's the beauty. When you take a piece of content that highlights a guest and then you put it on social and you tag them and then it gets into their network. Mm -hmm. So number one, you've just built goodwill with the guest. Number two, you've just in introduced yourself to their entire network who already trust them. And so now you're getting trust coming back to you vicariously because of knowing them. My friends, the only thing it does is shorten your sales cycle. And so if that is something that you need, if that's something that you want, reach out to me because I know you still got some questions and I want to answer those. All right. Go to meetatiba.com. That's meet, A-T-I, B as in boy, A, Atiba, my first name, dot com. That will take you directly to my LinkedIn page because I want to talk to you. 
when you get there, don't hit the follow button. Go to more and come down and hit the connect button. And it will let you leave me a note. Send me a note. Tell me, you saw me here on Megan's show. Let's talk. I want to answer your questions. Marvelous. Everyone, uh, the link for that, uh, if you are not in a place where you can currently take an action, will be in the show notes wherever you're listening and, of course, on our website and elsewhere. Uh, Tibet, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for being so generous with your time and your knowledge. Uh, I learned a lot. I'm sure everyone listening learned a lot, and I really appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. And you rock, by the way. I got to say that. In case y'all don't know, y'all listener, she absolutely rocks. And on that very high note, thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. As always, I've been your host, Megan Doherty, and this is the Business Podcast Blueprint Show, which is produced in collaboration with the whole team at One Stone Creative. If you're looking at getting into podcasting for yourself or your business, we would be delighted to talk to you about that. You can reach out to us through any contact form on onestonecreative.net. That's O-N-E, stonecreative.net, where you are also going to find lots of other resources, opportunities to connect with other podcasters, and ways to learn about other businesses leveraging podcasts for their own companies. Hope you check it out and see you soon.